When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company. Like super woke. When I grow up, when I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my coworkers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut gallery, long time no see, no can do. When I grow up, I want to be obsessed with emotional safety and do workplace sensitivity training all day long. When I grow up, I want to climb the corporate ladder. Just by following the crowd. I want to be a conformist. I want to weaponize my pronouns. What are pronouns? It's time to grow up and get back to work. Introducing the number one woke-free job board in America, redballoon.work. Where there's smoke, there's fire. That's true of actual fires, as well as social and cultural fires. As Canada literally burns... Our prime feminist, Justin Trudeau, is embroiled in several scandals, himself surrounded in thick clouds of dark political smoke coming from the raging fires of corruption around which he sits as he roasts away our national sovereignty and God-given liberties, fueling that fire with trillions of our tax dollars. It's also Mailbag Day, and we have a juicy softball of a mailbag question for you today. We are just past the halfway point of Pride Comes Before the Fall Month. With rainbow flags abounding and with large parts of Canada covered in ash and a red-tinted sky, a pastor and friend of mine was quite on point when he posted this. Trudeau's Canada not only looks like Sodom and Gomorrah, now it smells like it too. Remember, boys and girls, hashtag Pride Kills. It's June 20th. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck. And this is the Liberty Dispatch. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. We're so thankful that you have joined us yet again on the program. Again, our show is produced in partnership by Liberty Coalition Canada and Christian Week. LCC exists to establish Christ's justice and righteousness and to defend those who stand. Christian Week exists to provide a practical, hope-filled perspective on national and global issues. Please, we would ask you to head over to our website to see all things Liberty Coalition Canada, libertycoalitioncanada.com. And while you're over there, sign up to our email list so you can stay up to date with everything that we have going on at Liberty Coalition Canada. And also, if you would consider, please donate to LCC today, whether it is to our legal defense, which I would suggest you go check out um, the, the special legal update that Mike had this last Saturday with James Kitchen to just you know, get a sneak peek of what James is working on and what we're doing on the legal advocacy side of things. And also, if you love our program, if you want to see our, us continue to push back against the mainstream media news narrative in Canada through our programming, we would ask that you would uh, please leave a donation to the analysis and show arm of Liberty Coalition Canada. If you're over on our website, just cl click the analysis show box. If you're sending an e-transfer, or um, checks or cash, whatever it might be, please make that out to Christian Week so we can steward your funds correctly. If you're an advertiser and you also want to help us help you grow your business and you can help us grow this institution, please reach out to us at advertising at christianweek.org. Partner with us and that way we can get your content out to our wonderful audience of thousands and thousands of uh, brave, freedom-loving Canadians. Also, Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, flfnetwork.com, and we also are on their handy app, which you can get at the Apple Play or the Google, or sorry, Google Play or Apple App Store. Uh, it's a great way to get all our content on demand on your phone, and then you don't have to rely on things like YouTube or whatever that keeps canceling us. Also, want to highlight for you time is closing in on our new 
initiative june 29th true readings from true royalty it's a story hour in your public library where we celebrate god's creation of boys and girls and how he's created human beings in his image and all things very good so we want to tell better stories and push back against the leftist rainbow mafia indoctrination of our children so uh, the way we do that is through initiatives like this. So if you want to partake in this, the time has not run out, but please go over to a website, libertycoalitioncanada.com slash story hour to join us in this initiative. Andrew, here we are, another episode. We're doing a mailbag at the end of this episode, but perhaps you have a mailbag question that you want to put out for people to consider today. So in light of the topics we'll be covering, I'm curious to know, aside from what's happening with Trudeau right now, in your opinion, what do you think is the greatest political scandal in Canadian history? And I'll, I'll say at this point, you have to eliminate the uh, SNC-Lavalin scandal because apparently that's also... <laughs> We knew there's some stuff development. Maybe, maybe not. The RCMP said we're not, but we are, but we're not, but it's closed and we're not, but we found no evidence. So they're <laughs> trusted. Obviously, the RCMP is totally impartial, impartial and dispassionate. Yes, their, we saw uh, that with Brenda Lucky. Yeah, yes, just, just very great. above so, board. <laughs> aside from that one, because that technically still does involve Trudeau, um, what what do you think is the greatest political scandal in Canada's history? Because we because we might find ourselves in the greatest one ever, and so we're asking you for what you think the second greatest scandal <laughs> in Canadian politics is. So you can hit us up with that mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com, and always feel free to send any questions you have, like the mailbag question we'll be addressing today. Someone had a question. It's a softball. We're going to smash it out of the park. <laughs> For you all. Lord so, willing. Yes. question for our audience. Do you ever wonder how safe your money is? Of course you do. If you watch the show, you've had that thought. In a world where banks are fall failing and accounts are being frozen, it can be easy to feel hopeless, fearful, and even overwhelmed. That's exactly why our show has partnered with Rocklink Investment Partners. The team at Rocklink will be able to give you advice that is both relevant to your faith and values and also geared to helping you achieve your financial goals. Stop putting your trust in institutions that lie to you and are doing all they can to remove your faith from the public square. Call the investment professionals at Rocklink at 905-631-5462 or email them at info at rocklink.com to see exactly how they can help you and your family today. So for anyone who lives in portions of the country that were covered by smoke and ash and redness within the last month or so, about two weeks ago, Canada was quite literally on fire. There were wildfires all over this country. Alberta was pretty devastated. There were also dozens of wildfires in Quebec and northeastern Ontario, just a little bit north of where I live, actually. These fires were so massive the smoke was blowing all over eastern and southern Ontario, including down into New York and New Jersey. Now, I live in Kingston, so I woke up on Wednesday morning. I opened the windows, and it smelled like all my neighbors were having massive campfires. Like, it was strong, and I was surprised. I'm like, who's having campfires? I live in, in the suburbs. Who's having campfires this early? Not only that, but when I went outside or when I opened up the, the blinds to look out the window, everything was tinted a copper color. The sky, everything. It was almost like someone put a copper filter in the sky. People with asthma had a tough time breathing outdoors. You know, my son, who's prone to allergies and shortness of breath, he couldn't stay outside for too long. Now, the legacy media explanation, totally in concert with one another, was climate change. That's what's causing them. Now, to be more specific, it's human-induced climate change is what's destroying our country. Quote, rise in extreme wildfires linked directly to emissions from oil companies in new study, the Canadian Propaganda Corporation reported. 
Quote, Canadian forest fires are the latest costly climate disaster that public accounts fail to capture. Another CPC headline read, quote, climate change is increasing the risk of wildfires in the country. Experts say Global News attested. We, we, we know about their experts. Their experts are fools. So they had their instructions. Legacy Media had their instructions and they were to make Canadians fear that our planet is going to melt very soon if we don't embrace extreme climate measures. By the way, these are costly and economy-crushing green climate measures at that. However, satellite images from the College of DuPage Meteorology Department show that on the 2nd of June, the fires that erupted in Quebec all started at the exact same time. So what you're watching now is a video from the Meteorology Department at the College of DuPage. And what you're what you can see here is that the skies, other than some clouds, are relatively clear, right? You have to be looking more in the middle at the bottom. It's relatively clear. And, you know, the wind and the clouds are moving along. And then what you're going to see all of a sudden is you're going to see almost it, it looks like little smoke signals, dozens of them appearing once right there. You see at the bottom. So all of a sudden they just they're coming out like streams, like dozens of individual little smoke clouds coming up all at the same time so what you're looking at are many many forest fires in southern quebec all of a sudden happening at the exact same time so for hmm. this reason many including us with jewel encrusted tinfoil crowns and i've, I've actually matt recently um i've just acquired a ruby embossed tinfoil scepter um, <laughs> and I, I i i hold whenever i see whenever i see the the legacy media finally admit something we've known forever i hold yeah. my scepter out and i say let it be so and i just <laughs> as a way to affirm that they're they're finally catching up but anyway so this imagery like this is leading a lot of people to believe that maybe it's not climate change causing these but perhaps there is an intentional concerted effort by way of arson to simultaneously start all of these fires maybe uh, yeah maybe allegedly maybe possibly yeah, allegedly yeah <laughs> well not allegedly as we're gonna see yes actually it's not that at all yes actually in fact several people have indeed been arrested and charged with multiple counts of arson in connection with these wildfires on may the 4th charges were laid against an alberta man in connection with what rcmp calls a series of intentionally set wildfires as well as several arsons to vehicles homes and a church as well on april 30 2023 police arrested and charged john cook with 10 counts of arson he was remanded into custody and set to appear in court on the 10th of may so i just want to i want to make clear right there what you just read that wasn't that was two different instances so just so our audience recon recognizes that's not the same man you have an, one alberta man who was arrested mm -hmm. with intentionally setting wildfires and a, and some homes in a church. Yeah. And then you have a totally different man. So just so, because mm -hmm. we want to let everyone know, it's not just one guy, because they would say, well, there were fires everywhere. No, there were multiple instances in provinces where people have been charged with several counts of arson. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the rebuttal to a lot of this, though, we, you know, obviously the RCMP uh, can track some of these fires to, you know, humans starting them through arson or, or, or negligence or whatever. I know many will, you know, kind of have the rebuttal, but, oh, it's always climate change that are making these, uh, you know, a lot a lot harder. Or maybe this is just an isolated incident that's not actually truly the cause of the wildfires, etc. But we actually have some precedent, Andrew, for the fact that raging wildfires in areas of Canada have been set multiple times before 
by human beings. And that's what we want to talk about next. For everybody with a short memory, it was only two years ago that a 54-year-old Audrey Elaine Dunham from Alberta again was charged in connection to multiple wildfires in Bonneville and Lac-la-Beach areas. And just for good measure... There are other reasonable explanations for the proposed increase of wildfires that are not climate change related, but in fact, climate activist policies only making things work. And this is from the Daily Signal from 2020. Quote, California's two last governors conveniently blame global warming for the massive wildfires, but even granting that summer temperatures have crept up, one would think this would lead to improved management of forests and brushes. After all, it is science. But the green allies have long stood against the harvesting of dead trees and the aggressive clearing of bushes and it and attempts to do so uh, in 2016 were vetoed by Governor Brown of, of California at the time. Overall, the state legislative and uh, analyst office found that fires were less driven by global warming, but by purposeful policies that allowed for the accumulation of fuel in the forest and that has been an argument that has been made concerning these fires as well in canada that increasingly aggressive environmental policies have created conditions that have allowed for wildfires to burn and burn more intensely and the data actually shows that wildfires are going down in canada despite some of the bigger wildfires because of these crazy policies. So much, uh, much ado about climate change as it always is, because again, this is narrative arc fitting this they're, they're creating a narrative and then anything that will promote that narrative, they'll fit into that arc to promote that narrative, right? That's we've seen that with the LGBTQ issues, and we always see that with climate change, right? When it's the coldest winter, winter ever, when it's uh, you know specifically very bad for the climate change brigade. Oh, that's not that's not climate. That's weather. When it's something that purportedly helps their cause, this is just indicative of overall climate trends that just well, that's point the whole, to the fact. That's the whole reason behind the changing of the name, right? In, in, yes. when, when, when Al Gore put out his propaganda garbage and inconvenient truth, everyone was calling it global warming. Exactly, yes. But they have, they've had to change it to climate change, and the argument is mm. these drastic, these these extreme swings in the climate are the result of human interference and so global yeah. warming was the was the cry mm-hmm. in the early 2000s and then we came to realize maybe about five six years ago that the data that is nasa not was actually <laughs> yeah. well and that nasa was actually saying that maybe we're entering a 50-year cooling period i remember reading okay. articles about and, we're maybe and, entering a 50-year cooling period and there was more ice on the on the poles mm-hmm. than 20 years ago and then after yeah. the cooling period will be a warming so they're saying we we don't know basically what they're saying is we have no idea what's going on mm-hmm. we have no idea about climate so all we're going to say is uh the fact that it changes is evidence that we're destroying the planet. That's their well, basic argument. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, climate always changes. We don't live in just a static universe. Um, we we believe that there's obviously a sovereign god who providentially superintends history and the the earth to its final destination according to the purposes of his good will. Um, but climate doesn't remain static in that. And obviously, histor- historically, we know that uh, we're actually coming out of a, a, an ice age, out of a period of long cooling. If you look historically at the data, mm-hmm. uh, we've had historically temperatures that are much higher on Earth, especially yeah, in the, during in the, the later Middle Ages. And- yeah, in the 1700s, the median temperature, median temperatures around the Earth were higher than they are now. So mm-hmm. they didn't have... They didn't have, uh, you know, fossil fuels. They didn't have cars. So yeah. how do they explain it? 
I guess their only alternative is to say that there were way more horse, cows. Horse farts and yeah. cow way, farts. Way yeah. more cows, way more yeah. active in flatulence yeah, contributing. Yeah. Anyways, if, and if so- Andrew, I just want to, I will put in the description below. Mike did an episode a while back with um, Dr. Robert Murphy, who's actually an economist, but he's done a lot of research into the economics Mm -hmm. of climate change and the climate science that undergirds that it's a helpful discussion that i want our listeners because we have more of them now or we have new ones now if they haven't seen that i just want to highlight that for them so that'll be in the link in the description below and i think dr murphy does a great job at saying that all the catastrophic things that you hear in the media are not actually contained by the data in the IOPCC mm-hmm. reports. And that's the thing that really stood out to him when he started doing uh, his research into this area is so much of it is bluff and bluster for mm-hmm. the sake of pushing a political agenda. We've talked over and over again, and we'll actually talk on our Thursday episode about this. A lot of it has to do with the pushing of a globalist agenda to use climate change as the ultimate emergency emergency and catastrophe to mm-hmm. implement this environmental public health threat in the history of humanity, exactly. according to Dr. Teresa Tam, yes. who I didn't realize she was into climatology and yeah, climatology. <laughs> yeah, she, was, she, she was the new minister of the environment. Yeah. Anyways, separating money from the state is a core tenet of Bitcoin's ethos a permissionless network where the individual is in full control and accountable for his own property. Bull Bitcoin, Canada's most trusted exchange since 2013, is built around this ethos and leverages it in its mission to end central banks forever. At Bull Bitcoin, where security and privacy are priority, they take it upon themselves to help empower individuals with the most potent form of money the world has ever known. Head to mission.bullbitcoin.com LCC today and get started with your accounts creation. Contact Bull's best in the business customer support at any point throughout the process to request assistance. Mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. Take control of your money. So like I said at the beginning, where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm-hmm. In Canada, that's both literally and metaphorically true. And no person in Canada is surrounded by more smoke scandal than our very own prime hypocrite, Justin Trudeau. It seems like his political career is also a bunch of wildfires. And as with actual fires in Canada, you'd be naive to believe all of the smoke just happened by chance and coincidence. And there wasn't any shadiness, any intentionality behind it. No, no, no. These these fires and this smoke there's something else going on there. Now, not too long ago, we covered significant evidence from CSIS regarding Chinese interference into our last two federal elections. We went into great detail. Suffice it to say that Trudeau did not take the concerns from CSIS seriously. And then when CSIS said, oh, the convoy is not really a problem, he said, no, it's a super duper problem. So clearly we, we know where he lands in terms of bias. Uh, There was also a large amount of international donations to the Trudeau Foundation from China that were linked to Trudeau first running for politics and being elected as prime minister in Canada. So we saw, we covered this at length as well, and we saw that there's an increase of international donations to the Trudeau Foundation when he begins to run for politics. And then when Trudeau's elected prime minister, now it gets smokier, my friends. On June the 2nd, Madeline Redfern, who sat on the finance and investment committee of the Trudeau Foundation, testified before the House of Commons Ethics Committee as part of its study on foreign interference. She said she inquired with the foundation a year ago about whether it had investments in China. Well, it turns out that the Trudeau Foundation has investments in Chinese companies Baidu and Tencent. Both companies have been subject of security, they've been subjects of securities warnings. Tencent is a developer of the widely popular WeChat application. Its use for surveillance and censorship has been documented by the Citizen Lab at the University of Toronto. 
The lab has also found privacy issues with Baidu's browser. Baidu apps on the Android platform are leaking sensitive user data. And the Trudeau Foundation has money invested in these two Chinese companies. Now, are you having trouble seeing and breathing through all the smoke yet? Are you kind of, is your, is your, is your logical asthma acting up and you're having a tough time going outside with the red, the red copper tint everywhere? Well, how about this from the government of Canada's own website, Canadian center for cybersecurity, part of the communication security establishment are warning Canadians of a significant threat from a state-sponsored cyber threat actor associated with the People's Republic of China, or as we like to call it, Trudeau's real boss (laughs) and, and, and Canada's Lord Tyrant. CSE has issued an advisory with guidance to identify the threat and best practices that can be used to detect this actor's activity. The actor is targeting critical infrastructure operators in the United States. The Cyber Center has no reports of Canadian victims at this time. However, Western economies are deeply interconnected. Much of our infrastructure is closely integrated and an attack on one can impact the other from the Government of Canada website. Andrew, you know there's a lot of smoke when even the legacy media can can see it through their blinders. <laughs> and many Canadians were cur- concerned by the the amount of smoke that they were seeing concerning various scandals and everything. And the crazy part is we actually saw some legacy media uh, outlets calling for an inquiry or investigation into the recent report of Chinese influence and interference in our elections and our national sovereignty. So what did our prime fascist uh, tyrant Justin Trudeau do when these concerns about CCP interference in Canadian elections and life came to the forefront? Well, he called the public inquiry. No, 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 no. He just appointed a special rapporteur. And in lieu of, you know, having an objective and uncompromising man, it turns out Trudeau appointed lifelong Trudeau friend David Johnson. Huh. And this family friend, this skiing buddy, just so happened to be a former member of the Trudeau Foundation. You know that same organization that was taking money from the CCP that Andrew just told you about. So clearly, Justin, you know, it takes this report very seriously, takes the CSIS leak very, very seriously because he's trying to create the most objective, unbiased situation that he could possibly take but alternatively, not so much. So there's obviously a mass, based off their connections, there's a massive conflict of interest. As someone who sits on a board, there is no way that I would feel comfortable promoting a family friend in this way to look into if there was board corruption. It's just absurd on its face, yet what we what do we see from legacy media and the liberals and, and their propaganda machines? Oh, he's a swamp creature. He's a well-trusted swamp creature. Therefore, can he, the Canadian public should uh, trust him. Anyways, that turns out he, it, it, he wasn't objective and it, he was not trustworthy. So, Anyways, in place of a public inquiry, which Johnson had said would be redundant to his own investigations and would have limited public evidence due to the sensitivity of certain intelligence, Johnson offered to chair a series of meetings involving the public and government officials to discuss the allegations of foreign interference. The prime minister supported the recommendation of course. Many saw 
glaring issues here, and both Trudeau and Johnson faced sharp criticism for embarking on this process because it's a process that Justin Trudeau has full control over from start to finish, and it's obviously not the most transparent, objective way about going about this. Now, Trudeau was not phased by any of the criticism because he's looking out for number one, obviously. And he's, he's a sociopathic <laughs> person hell-bent on globalist, the globalist section of Canada, as we, as we point out. But Johnson has appeared to have some shred of conscience left. And this comes to us from the National Post. Former Governor General David Johnson has said he will resign by the end of June as Liberal government special as the Liberal government special rapporteur into foreign interference. After months of controversy over his appointment due to the perceived conflict of interest, the blatant conflict of interest, I would say, Johnson released a letter late Friday afternoon announcing he would be quitting his role. This is a quote from Johnson. My objective was to help build trust in our democratic institutions. I've concluded that given the highly partisan atmosphere around my appointment and work, my leadership has had the opposite effect, he said in the letter to the prime minister. So let's, um, can, I'm going to add, okay, Spo- this is the, here's a warning. Okay. <laughs> if you have a tinfoil hat, mm-hmm. pause the video, go put it on. If you're driving home, pause the video, wait till you get home, put on your tinfoil hat, wrap yourself in your tinfoil gown <laughs> for this. Believe me, you're going to want to do this. So here's a little bit more smoke. Okay. Now this, all I'm going to do is I'm just going to state a bunch of facts. That's all. And you, you, you can take the red string and connect the dots at your, as you please. All I'm going to do is state some facts. The day after Johnston re- resigns, the day after, Trudeau heads to the Ukraine, in part vowing to give several hundreds of millions of our tax dollars to support a country that is corrupt, both because the Ukraine is a hub for sex trafficking in Europe, and also because the Ukraine was extorted by Joe Biden to fire a prosecutor that was investigating Hunter Biden. That's the Ukraine. Forget what the media is telling you about Ukraine. Forget what the legacy media is saying about the virtuous, noble leadership in the Ukraine. They've been lying to you about everything, especially for the last three and a half years. The Ukraine is a hub for sex trafficking in that part of the country, and they're willing to take a billion-dollar bribe from the president in order to fire someone who's looking into the president's son. And, Andrew, I just want to interject. I know many Ukrainians. I helped multiple families come over from war-torn Ukraine to Canada at this very moment. None of them would object to you calling Ukraine a corrupt company. It's very obvious that anybody who's in former Soviet nations at all, there's rampant corruption in every single one of them. That is not uh, that is an open secret if it is mm-hmm. a secret at all. Uh, so yeah. so we're not being inflammatory. People know that, right? Ukraine's basically been a failed state since about 2015. And, you know, it wasn't but two years ago, Andrew, that uh, legacy media was running pieces about the Azov b- b- uh, battalion and and their ties to Nazi Nazism and uh, white supremacy mm-hmm. and all these things, but now that they've been you know used yeah Christia Freeland in the Ukraine yeah. holding up a flag that had a pro Nazi symbol no I think but, I think that was, no, that was it, no, that was that was a her. protest here I think in, I, in Canada I thought I thought wherever it was there was these yeah. symbols pro Nazi symbols and yeah. then she had it photoshopped out when it was put on other social media anyway so so Trudeau. Heads to Ukraine to give them, to promise to give them a whole bunch of our money Mm -hmm. the day after the rapporteur resigns looking into the issue of Chinese interference. Okay? So Trudeau arrives and is welcomed by this man. We're going to show a picture. This is Andriy Melnyk. Okay? He's a Ukraine diplomat 
currently serving as the deputy of foreign affairs. Just so anyone's wondering, Melnick was fired as the ambassador to Germany for making positive comments about Stephen Bandera, a Ukrainian insurgent whose men killed thousands of Poles and Jews during World War II. Now, Melnick said that Bandera was a freedom fighter and that, quote, and this is recently, quote, there is no evidence that Bandera troops murdered hundreds of thousands of Jews. So Trudeau is welcomed by a pro-Nazi anti-Semite, which, by the way, shouldn't surprise you mm -hmm. because Matt and I have covered stories before of people in Trudeau's own cabinet that are raging anti-Semites. Anti and, yeah. and, and Trudeau's response is, well, yeah. you know, the balance of budget itself. Basically, <laughs> it's what comes out of its mouth. So now... You, you might be thinking, Kanji, you told me to stop and get my crown and my gown. Like, what's what does this have to do with Trudeau and China going to Ukraine and this pro-Nazi guy? What's the connection here? Well, here's the connection. This same pro-Nazi anti-Semite that is cozy with Trudeau, welcome, Prime Minister, welcome to our country. He believes that the key to ending the conflict between Russia and the Ukraine is China. China. Mm -hmm. This is from two months ago. Two months ago. Melnick described the possibility of Beijing taking on a mediating role in the Ukraine war as not unrealistic. Speaking to Germany's Funke Media Group Sunday, he said, quote, the Chinese are, of course, pursuing their own interests. But I do believe that a just and peaceful solution and the end of hostilities are more in line with Beijing's interests than this huge, never-ending earthquake for the entire world order. Close quote. So let's here. Here's the smoke. China, it appears clearly, interfered in our elections, is funding our prime minister, and our prime minister's foundation is in bed with China then and, and and even even Trudeau with Xi Jinping gets smacked around by him like a little boy uh China runs the show they pull the strings okay mm. that that seems to be the case so the investigation into it what does Trudeau do he appoints his buddy <laughs> to make it go away yeah. well it doesn't go away mm -hmm. and people people are saying it's not going away yeah so he resigns Trudeau's buddy resigns mm -hmm. the next day Trudeau hops on a plane to go to this corrupt country and is welcomed by someone who believes that China is essential to ending the Russia-Ukraine conflict because, as he said, the interests of China matter to just and peaceful solutions and really for the betterment of the country. And Andrew, this there, is there's the, the same... There's the smoky knot. This is the same prime minister who, when he was running for office originally said the nation that he most admires in this world was the basic dictatorship of China under the rule of the CCP. So we're just stating facts for what they are. Trudeau is intertwined from start to finish with the despotic evil government of the, the Chinese Communist Party and um, I'm glad in the case of Johnson that this kind of managed limited hangout that Trudeau wanted to do to give an appearance of objectivity and, uh, you know, transparency that everybody saw it for what it was that even after the rapporteur report, which we'll have in the description below came out every single party that is opposite to the liberals mainstream media were saying this is fluff this is nonsense um reports came out that johnson didn't even do his due diligence that he didn't even um talk to leaders of the opposition but with you know a limited amount of time at the end of the report as though he basically just had an internal conversation with liberal members. But, even if did, but but to that quickly, even if you did talk to leaders of the opposition, what would it have done? I mean, well, we covered in a story not that long ago mm -hmm. that even Doug Ford's cabinet has been infiltrated by supposed Chinese spies. Yes, Han, yeah. Han, Han Dong, 
right? Yeah. This idea that no, sorry, that's no, he's hand he's, the liberal he's, from he's the liberal federal. guy, but I can't remember the name. Yeah, but someone there was a, there was a conservative. Party, yeah, yeah, all the same sort of stuff, and so. Yeah. You can talk to any the only party that they would have talked to where you wouldn't have the only federal party they would have talked to that you wouldn't have gotten. A, oh, yeah. China's our master would have been would have been the PPC or the Christian Heritage Party. Yeah. Would have been yeah. the only ones that you could have talked to all the other parties. You would have got the same thing. They would have they would have they would have reached out. And then what they would have done is they would have they would have asked their Chinese overlords. What would you like us to say, please? Please, please don't. Yeah. We don't want to disappoint you. And Would've and this good. this again will tie into. We're gonna on Thursday. We're doing a whole episode about globalism and 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 the continuing push to the twenty thirty agenda. All that stuff. And we have to understand that these aren't just weird coincidences. This is a, a purposeful push towards the Zionization of of the world not just canada but of the world right there's a cadre of elites we've talked about this on the program over and over again and especially coming out of the brain trust in davos there with the wef that believe the way to beat china so-called on the world stage is to become like china so if you can't beat them you might as well join them <laughs> is is essentially the idea um and there what we're dealing with when we're looking at a modernized china is we're looking at a fascistic authoritarian state undergirded by marxist values and belief mm -hmm. systems that's what we're dealing with that is what many elites across this world want Canada to become. And Justin Trudeau is the instrument, the tool in the hand of those people shaping and fashioning Canada into that image. And that's why these stories ought to concern us. And when you look under the floorboards, there is a lot of concerning uh, smoke and uh, it, it points towards a, a blazing fire. If you were given the opportunity to make me say anything to all of our listeners, what would it be? Well, the brothers over at Carpe Fide have finally won that coveted privilege. No, they're not going to make me say things like Justin Trudeau is the most attractive prime minister that's ever existed, or that vaccine mandates are the most effective way to combat against every virus known to man. No, they'd have me tell you about the Carpe Fide podcast and apparel. Jesse and Justin Gruber are two bearded Bible bros recording podcasts and making t-shirts for the glory of God and to the benefit of his church. Ever since they launched the Come and Take It pulpit shirt in support of Pastor James Coates, they've had the opportunity to support causes all across North America, from Tim Stevens and Jacob Rayom to abolishing abortion with Free the States and taking on the LGBTQ agenda with Juan Riesco. You can find their store at carpefide.com slash shop to support Christians on the front lines and have awkward conversations at the grocery store, all to the glory of God. You can also check out their podcast where the two brothers tear down cultural idols and provide fresh biblical perspectives on the hottest happenings in culture and Christendom. So search for Carpe Fide on your favorite podcast platform. Head to carpefide.com slash shop in the US and Canada to grab some gear. And when you use the code LCC10, you get 10% off the US store only. That is carpefide.com slash shop. Use the coupon code LCC10 to get 10% off the US store only. Today's mailbag day. We have it one question. Indeed. It's a doozy. Here we go. <laughs> this is from Peter. On your homepage, I read the following. The sweeping and unprecedented loss of our freedoms has created an environment of fear and anxiety. And that the LCC is, quote, a united front to restore liberty in Canada. Except for two years, I've lived my entire life in Canada and have been very happy to live here. I'm very puzzled with your statement about the loss of our freedoms. And since I equate freedom with liberty, I'm curious about which freedoms we've lost and therefore must be restored. Would you please be so kind as to illuminate about what freedoms we have lost? And then perhaps I will understand your desire to restore liberty in Canada. I will end for now by stating that I've traveled extensively on four continents 
And it would be difficult for me to mention a country that has more freedoms than we have. People speak very favorably about Canada. In fact, the only criticism I've heard was from one person in Switzerland who brought up the residential schools that were established primarily for indigenous children. So I just want to address one logical fallacy in that last comma, or last paragraph, if I might. Um, it's difficult for me to mention a country that has more freedoms than we have. Okay. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're a bastion of freedom either, right? It's if every other country is a socialist dunghole. Yeah. And then we just happen to be the best of them. Right. Like I'm not disparaging Canada entirely. I just want to be clear that if the argument is you have all these other countries that are way worse than us. Well, I'm sure there are thousands of things that you could eat that are worse than deep fried crickets. Right. Mm -hmm. There's probably gazillions of things that are worse than deep fried crickets. That doesn't necessarily mean or that it doesn't necessarily follow that deep fried crickets are delicious gourmet, the best food ever. Yeah. It just means that they're they're better than a lot of other worse options. So in like manner, yeah. I, I wouldn't use that argument. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's so free because everywhere else is a socialist nightmare. It's it's using a false standard uh, <laughs> in order to judge Canadian f freedoms were basing it on the relatively on the freedoms of other nations, not on mm. what we would say are God ordained God given freedoms. It's the same way that they do this with, uh, you know, it, trying to prop up Canada's terrible failing economy. They say, well, comparatively we have, we have lower rates than many other nations as far as uh, inflation and uh, you know, unemployment don't they don't actually mention the benchmarks that it's uh, twice as worse in in both cases as as they've actually benchmarked so even according to our own faulty standards things aren't going good but then that you can kind of fudge the data by mm -hmm. then creating this norm or standard that's also terrible by which to judge us comparatively it's it's a really really bad argument and i also have to say like i i'd have to question like what is really the depth of knowledge of people that are you're traveling around the world um about their own historical freedoms in their countries nevertheless what canada's historical freedoms are it's just a really bad standard that um yeah again it's creating that fallacy that that is, it's just bad thinking uh, on Peter's part. Um, so what, uh, what freedoms, what unprecedented <laughs> loss of freedom? So I'll, I mean, you want to oh, name wait. a few, Andrew? Well, yeah, let's, so, so let's start with bill C4, which prohibits, prohibits believers from exercising the freedom of being able to counsel willing people who don't want to embrace certain lifestyles and certain sexual proclivities now punishing those Christians with jail time and huge fines. So I should be free to say to someone who wants to seek counseling that if they have these sexual feelings and proclivities to say to them, well, that's wrong. That's not normative. Here's what God says is right. I'm no longer free to do that without the threat of punishment or imprisonment. So that would kind of be a big one. Uh, any of the additions we've had to our criminal code with regards to hate speech which is a made-up category that means nothing, mm -hmm. now mean that I am Destroys no longer hate or free, speech. free. Yeah, I'm no longer free mm -hmm. to say what I want to say. Now, I, I, I would agree that there, there have to be limitations on speech when you're inciting violence, if it's slander and libel, right? Because, mm -hmm. again, God says that this is wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Perjury, you're not free to perjure, free of consequence. Yeah. But um believe people should be free to say unpopular things and wrong that, things yeah wrong unpopular offensive contentious things without the threat of criminal punishment i'm also not free to do that we're also not free in a sense mm -hmm. to deliver the content that we feel we need to now with the passing of bill c11 mm -hmm. without the concern of the crtc throttling that by saying it's not canadian enough so I mean, the fact that the CRTC opened up an inquiry about banning Fox News off cable packages mm -hmm. or that Google went along with throttling certain news search results 
I mean, that's pretty star. Now, I think when people raise this issue, what they're saying is, yeah, but we're not like China, right? We're not imprisoning. We're not like Cuba. We're not imprisoning political dissidents. Um, It's not like we're murdering journalists. So I think people, again, look at these really terrible instances Mm -hmm. and say, that's tyranny. That's the encroaching on freedoms. We have it pretty good here, to which I apply. Again, you're you're playing that comparative argument Mm -hmm. where you're arbitrarily choosing a standard and saying because we're at that standard, you know, everything's mm-hmm. fine. But it, like you said, Matt, if the standard of what freedom and liberty is, is the state doing its job and allowing us to live quiet and peaceful lives, like we read in the mm-hmm. scriptures, that the rights that we have given to us by God are protected, if that's the standard, Canada does not meet that standard. No. So it's just a matter of what your standards are. And we yeah. do not meet the standard of freedom and liberty in the way that the Bible describes it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that's the thing that comes out in this question, is Peter clearly doesn't have a normative perspective, a deontological standard in which to judge the works that a state does he has no authority outside of states um to to even judge the goodness and benefit of them so everything revolves to some goulash of relevant relativism that you can't make heads or tails of it but that's not the way that it's historically been and that's certainly not the way that a, a truly biblical christian society would understand the job of the magistrate that it's somehow um it, it comparatively better than other states therefore it's free no that's not how we judge things yeah that's 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 the bad um application of principles laid out in matthew 7 right matthew 7 it tells us to judge with good judgment to apply right standards and in the case of um judging a state based off what they have to do we have to judge it based off the the normative standard of the word of god and the delegated power that is given to the state in canada um so when we talk about loss of freedom we don't have freedom of speech we haven't had freedom of mobilization we haven't had freedom of conscience right because we were the these experimental gene therapies are forced on people we don't have freedom of religion um when it comes to uh counseling people according to a biblical standard so freedom of private property and be able to protect ourselves right how about yeah. bill c21 yeah the exactly to be a responsible gun owner the, with the weapons fact. that should not be legal and then the ability to actually defend my home mm-hmm. or myself yeah. in a reasonable way using the tools available to me not free to do that in yeah. canada the fact that we continually have a wartime economy right uh, the the over half of the revenue generated uh, by our government each and every year it's almost about 60 to 70 percent of the revenue generated by our government each and every year comes from confiscating people's money based off of their hard uh, hard put output labor in the british tradition peter i don't know if you're aware of this and this is when we're talking loss of freedoms we're not just speaking of the last 10 years or the last mm. we're speaking historically here you have to have a broader i think viewpoint than anecdotally talking to a couple people when you've traveled or just looking at the last five years or whatever although there's many obviously uh, loss of freedoms in the last five years we're speaking of you know historically in the british tradition i mean they literally fought the war of american independence over a minute stamp tax um Mm -hmm. in the history of british common law income tax was always seen as slavery once removed so when we're talking about loss of freedoms we're talking about a government who does not fulfill the mandate that they have actually been given by god which is to promote justice and righteousness and to punish evildoers in society right they've been given the power of the sword and they don't even use it for treason for terrorism for all sorts of heinous murderous acts in fact the way that they use the sword is they turn it against the elderly and and the preborn. that's how they use the sword and not 
only that, but then they they get into all sorts of areas of life. They get their tentacles in every area of life that is based off God's normative perspective for the mm -hmm. role of the state is in and of itself unjust. They've never been given a mandate by God to be in healthcare. They've never been given a mandate by God to be in education. They've never been given a mandate by God to been in be in so many different areas that they are in and mm -hmm. according to principles of seer sovereignty as laid out in scripture each and every every government encroachment into these areas necessitates the loss of freedom in these non-governmental institutions mm -hmm. so peter the list is unbelievable yeah. if you're if you're comparing yeah are we are we like the Soviet Union at the turn of the 20th century? No, no, Praise we're, God. Not. we're not. We're not there. Okay? And but hopefully we'll never is, get there. Although that is not the quote unquote standard of tyranny. Yeah. And neither is Canada as it presently exists, the standard of freedom. If we're going to let objective biblical and logical truths dictate what freedom is, then it's easy to show that there, ha that there have been many, many infringements upon our liberties and freedom here in Canada. Again, just the, 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 the inability to travel across provincial lines without proving that you have received certain a certain medical procedure yeah is it's astonishing. Is, it's insane. Yeah. They, all, all our charter rights, all of them violated in the last three years especially so hey. respectfully we would say <laughs> i i think you're you, you change the standard right change mm -hmm. your if your starting point is canada's free right you're mm -hmm. begging the question canada's free therefore we're free mm -hmm. right if your starting point is canada as it is is free and china's really bad then yeah you'll come to your conclusion but if your standard is no freedom is as god defines it objectively and logically Mm -hmm. then we come to a different conclusion. And, and I just want to even point out the charter as, as though it lays out some freedoms, even the how freedoms are couched in um, with the limitations clause, all these things, that totally turns um, our freedoms into privileges. We have to understand mm -hmm. that it's no, it's no longer governments that have to recognize our freedoms, if they're going to be legitimate, um, because these freedoms exist pre the state, they're pre civic freedoms. Now in Canada, with the institution of the charter, logically, all these rights that we have are, are actually privileges, they're granted by the mm -hmm. granted by the state, and therefore they can be taken away or Get, uh, new rights can be given arbitrarily depending on the state. That is s fundamentally a subversion of the British idea, of the Christian mm. idea of civic freedoms and liberties. So even just at a fundamental principle level, the, e even the institution of the Charter has laid the groundworks for the chipping away of Canadians' rights and freedoms mm -hmm. And they're overturning. So, Peter, with all due respect, I, you know, I, you tried to couch this. I mean, maybe, question. maybe he's being sincere. Maybe he's saying, you know what? Maybe he doesn't see it. Let's, maybe he yeah. doesn't see it. Maybe the reality is he's thinking, listen, from what I see, from what I hear, we have a pretty fear because maybe he's thinking, yeah, I look at places like China, like Venezuela, like Cuba, like Russia at the turn of the 20th century. Like or Germany. Europe like, now. Yeah. Right? I'm like, wow, we had, and you know what? Again, if that's your standard, if that's, if you're comparing, yeah then sure. But all we're saying is that's the wrong, you're, you have the wrong starting point, right? So yes. if you're sincere in your questions, then if, if you just change the starting point and you'll see it's very different than we think. So mm -hmm. Peter, thank you for the question. We do appreciate it. A little bit of cleanup here before we wrap up. Number one, uh, please regularly send in your questions, mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. Mm -hmm. If they're good and spicy, we'll deal with them on the show. Mm -hmm. But the truth is anyone who emails us, uh, we try to respond to them as well and direct them. So hit us up with questions. We love to deal with them. Make sure that you head over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate. Click the analysis shows tab. Please support the work that we're doing to fund bringing you good analysis of all things culture, Mm -hmm. politics, Canada from a Christian conservative perspective. 
three head over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash story hour so that you can join in the true readings from true royalty event happening next week on thursday june the 29th if you're a pastor an elder a homeschool coordinator a teacher or just a believer that wants to engage and say that libraries belong to jesus too mm -hmm. then head over to the website fill out the form we'll reach out to you with instructions with resources Lord willing, we'll have libraries full of Christians reading books that honor the Lord and teach children well next week on June the 29th. Uh, make sure that you like this show, share it out, mm -hmm. comment on it. Let's get this stuff out there far and wide because we want to help to continue to equip the Canadians um, to think biblically. That's all I got for cleanup. Matt, why don't you take us home? And to think biblically about freedom, for it's mm -hmm. free for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in to Liberty Dispatch, a united front to restore liberty and justice in Canada. Please subscribe to our podcast and Rumble channel as well as visit our website at www.LibertyCoalitionCanada.com.